this week on Best Friend Energy. I can definitely tell you that I ironically have an allergy to fabulousness. If there are people who are like, come to this dinner party, blah, 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 and blah, 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 and so-and-so is going to be there, I immediately know I'm not going to that dinner party. Hi, I'm Clea. And I'm Joanna. And welcome to Best Friend Energy, you guys. It's, Hi. It's a show where we obviously are best friends with each other. We bring on some old friends, some new friends. People we hope that will be our friends. Yep. And we have just really honest conversations, the kind that you can really only have with your friends. And we try to laugh because if nothing else, we need this time to laugh at least for ourselves. Right. We, we need a couple hours a week where yeah. we can just laugh with each other and hopefully with you guys too. Uh, we hope so. So we have two episodes a week. On Tuesdays, it's us with a guest. On Thursdays, it's usually just us. Sometimes we bring on a guest, but sometimes it's just us. Yeah. But Tuesdays is the interview episode and Thursday is Unpacked, where we just kind of dig into all the things that we're thinking about this Royal week. Royal family, whatever else. So we're really excited to get going. But first, a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back from the holidays. I know. Can you believe it? I hope you're in withdrawal. I literally have been gone for three weeks. I know, but I met from me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. you had not from anything else. <laughs> oh, from no, from nothing else. Okay. Yes, just about me. Yeah, I also missed my dogs. But yeah, anyway. Okay. Thanks for putting me in the same sentence. And, but yeah. and, and my house. Yeah. And I mean, and just not living out of a suitcase. No, I know. It's true. And I got back maybe five days before you, which felt like an eternity before you. It seriously is crazy. Like when people would text me and be like, are you still gone? I was like, yes, I'm still on the same trip. Oh my we, gosh. When we had a speaking event in LA, then we flew to DC. Then I flew back to California. Then I went to my parents' house, John's parents' house. Then we flew to Hawaii. Then we flew back from Hawaii to Atlanta. Oh my God. So wait, breaking news. I forgot. I didn't tell you this. What? Oh my God. On the flight from Atlanta to Nashville, you know, we were in tornado watch. Yeah, I do. Thank goodness I was asleep for this. BNA shut down. Oh, John already texted me. He told you? Yeah. No, that's my job. <laughs> he told me. <laughs> Why do you guys have a separate te- texting relationship? He said, Clea doesn't know she's asleep, but we had to circle BNA. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it's like a 30-minute flight. Yeah. It took an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. God. Apparently, we were circling for like 45 minutes. Yuck. Yuck is right. Yeah. And I had to be talked to get on that plane in the first place. I know you did. I know. I've had a, a traumatic, um, like, transportation set of series recently. I had to take a boat in Hawaii. Oh, you know how I feel. I, I know. We texted and I said, you know what? I think you you were already at sea. So at that point, I thought it would be better just to be in sea. So if you guys don't know how fearful we are of being at sea, you can listen to our episode with Sumner Canfield. Basically, Joanna and I, whenever something is like rough, we're like, well, at least we're not at sea. It's always the worst. So the at sea is the bare bottom. And it started because we were at a hotel in Montauk and like there was such a fierce storm happening (laughs) and the ocean was like gray and rocking and splashing. And we were like, well, at least we're not at sea. Right. So anyway- being at sea is my nightmare. So I texted Joanna from the boat that we were on in Hawaii. And I was like, I'm, I'm at sea. Right. I'm, I'm on the sea. You're, you're at sea. I'm at sea. And then when I got in, jumped in, it took 
15 minutes. I know. That's why I said, get in. You're better in C. I know. I was, everyone was like already in. I'm texting you and yeah. you're like, get in, get in. It's going to be great. You're yeah. going to love, you said I was going to love I it. I really actually thought you would. Okay. So I got in the C. Yeah. Worse. Much worse. First of all, there are animals down there. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. That is did, part. That is part of how the ocean. <laughs> didn't didn't like works. that part. Okay. Turns out didn't like it, and I got so motion sick. Interesting that it would happen in the water. Well, you're just like sweat. It's so disorienting, and you're like swimming yeah. down, and like, and then I started to panic about uh, the breathing. About the breathing. Oh, I, well, that's why. But and then always- the mouthpiece was making me gag. <laughs> <laughs> I was a mess, a mess. I swam back to that boat so fast. And also with the current, it like oh. sweeps you away. Oh, the current stuff really scares me. Oh, it really, it. I know, I know. And then I laughed because I was like on a totally different vacation than you. And you were like, how are you not so bored? Why don't you tell everyone what you did? Okay, well, we, I also had not a three week, like John, but not not either. We picked up the kids after DC, came home for two hours, switched bags, got the kids, went to see my in-laws in Florida for a couple of days, then flew to North Carolina before all the Southwest drama, thank goodness, got to North Carolina for one day, and then Jeremy and I drove to the mountains in Tennessee, left my kids with my parents to go on a Williamsburg trip, and we just missed the crazy weather. So then we were at- Wait, you sound a little bit like a mountaineer when you're like, <laughs> and then we drove to the mountains in like the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. You weren't in a tent. Oh, definitely not, not in a tent. In, and not even in a cabin. Not at all. No. It was fabulous. But I did nothing. It was, I know. That's my nightmare. I know. You were like, I don't understand. And I'm like, Clea, I'm so happy. Oh, my God. We scheduled things every day. In, oh. in Hawaii, we had a schedule. John would set his alarm oh in my Hawaii, gosh. which I think is awful. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say that. Why would you want an alarm in Hawaii on a vacation? Because John's like, all the good things happen in the morning. Like we have oh. to go snor- <laughs> we have to go snorkeling at nine. We have to go parasailing. I don't know. Everything. Oh my gosh. Like all the things happened. I wasn't even bored. No, they, I, I couldn't. I, I know. You, it would have been your worst nightmare. Well, it, the real downside was actually I'm wearing the jeans now. I somehow with all the laundry getting switched and stuff with the kids and washing it because it was on such a long trip. I only ended up with one pair of jeans for seven days. Oh, I ended up with seven and in like 80 degree climate. Oh, so. I had one pair and they progressively got tighter and tighter every single day, which it was not great because I had no other alternatives. So That's, I wore the same pair of jeans every day and only- That is insult to injury. It was awful. I, well, I put them on today because the punishment fits the crime. Yeah. So now I have to figure this out. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new year, new us. There you go. So today on the show, we have Drew Barrymore. She is literally Hollywood royalty, a Golden Globe winner, and now talk show host and businesswoman. And on top of her coming on to our podcast, we actually got to be on hers as well, which was so fun. We got to record it actually at her talk show studio. It was amazing. Also, at the end of the show, we're going to play That's a No for Me. We were going to do my trip to Hawaii because even though Hawaii is a yes, there are a lot of no's, but we kind of already talked about it. Spoiler alert, it's snorkeling. (laughs) Snorkeling is a huge fat no. But Joanna is going to take this one this time. Sure do. And then on Thursday, come back for Best Friend Energy Unpacked, where we do a deep dive into the Harry and Meghan special again. Part two. Part two. We can't wait to talk to Drew Barrymore, so more with her after this break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Drew, we are so excited to have you here. No, it's a dream, Drew. I'm so excited to be with you guys. As I said, I'm just trying to join your couple. We're, we are official. I think we're like, we could be like, you know, like back on MySpace where you like change your status update. I feel like we could. We're That's in a right. relationship. We could be the three musketeers. I mean, I just want in so badly. We've gotten to do the show together. I've gotten, you know, our talk show. We've gotten to do your show. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being friends with you. Like, you guys are just the best women, and you've made the world such a better place. And I know I said these things, like, you know, to you before, but it's just so true. And I want it to be in at the beginning of this podcast that, like, I love you you as women. I love what you put out into the world. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled. Thank you for asking me, like, or allowing me to come into your podcast world. It's just another layer in the bricks of our house we're building. So it's, (laughs) you know, it's perfect. I just don't know how this is real. Like, how is she thinking us? I'm like, Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore. My God, the second I met you guys, I knew we were all birds of a feather. We talk the same. We get enthusiastic. My girlfriends are everything. My my partnerships are everything. You know, the power of female friendship, we talk about it all the time. I think, again, we're we're very happy and thrilled to be married to the most wonderful people possible, but Joanna and I are also <laughs> in, like, our own, you know, like, friendship marriage. Yeah. And I think it's one of the most valuable things that's ever happened and come into our lives. Yeah. I'm really curious. You obviously grew up from a very young child. You grew up in the industry. And yeah. you've probably had friends that you've grown up with all this yeah. time. How do you go about, as an adult that's a very well-known person, how do you go about making new friendships? Do you have guardrails? That's such a great question. Um, Not really I don't have guardrails because I don't think of the occupation I've done my whole life or, you know, do now. I, I don't really ever think about it or take it into consideration. So my first assumption is that someone else isn't doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely an innocent till proven guilty. Mm, I, sure. I'm not even assuming anyone has any interest in that. Um, like it would take uh, a shocking sort of circumstance or a revelation or an aha moment to be like, oh, something's not kosher yeah. here. Like, oh, like there's an ulterior motive. Um, and not because I'm you know, blind to people's behavior, but I'm just not assuming like they have any interest in me as a person because of my job. It's so interesting because we have a we have a friend and we, we realize into all of our friendship, Clea and I both together, we always start people at A's. We, just, we just assume we have a grading scale and we just assume that they're, they they're have there all, for the right reasons. Yeah, like all those things. That's it. That's exactly what I, I kind of just don't even bring it into the equation. I'm not a suspicious person. Same. I that's kind right. of think the 
best of people and that they're coming from a good place. Like, I'm not. But then do you get so disappointed when they disappoint, like, when you realize they're not the person that, at the A, that you thought they were? Yeah, then I just kind of bail. You just cut them out? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, well, there's, a, there's a way out It here. doesn't bring you down. No, and I don't, honestly, I think... I hopefully am a decent judge of character in the sense that, like, I haven't had too many misses. I have the same friends that I've had for, like, 30 and 40 years. I have a nice new group of mom friends that I made in New York when my daughter um, went into preschool and I was moving here, getting a divorce, leaving Los Angeles, like, trying to upstart a new life, change my job. So I was I didn't, I was so out of it and terrified and just felt like the world was caving in on me. And I thought these women, I was so lucky to meet them. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, you know, good friends with them. And they're every time I'm around them, I'm just so happy. But I think most of my friends is probably subconsciously and subliminally, I have stuck with the friends of longevity and mm-hmm. the old timers and the OGs yeah. because I think there is such a safety, a knowledge, and a comfort. So probably unconsciously yeah. and subconsciously, I do spend the majority of my time and invest in my oldest friends yeah. because there isn't that question there whatsoever. And there's such a shorthand. Um, I can definitely tell you that I ironically have an allergy to fabulousness. If there are people who are like, come to this dinner party, blah, 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 and blah, 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 and so-and-so is going to be there. I immediately know I'm not going to that dinner party. Like, I don't really... Sounds like someone I know. (laughs) (laughs) I am like, "Uh, does anyone want to, like, eat bad food? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, watch. Yes, I do. (laughs) So I'm not someone who's good at, like, fabulous socializing. Yeah. Um, Small talk. Yes. It sucks. And if it has to sort of like, I've never been an opportunist, a social climber. Like I don't use the word career. I don't think about, you know, what's advantageous. Like my friends and I can't do much for each other. Like in that way of like, nobody thinks that like their life can transcend and become more successful through the friendship. It's that my life wouldn't be the same without them. Mm-hmm. I would fail as a human and I would be lost on this planet, like yeah. as just this person, yeah. this being, this little entity in Tupperware, this soul inside this body. So I'm like, if I'm in love with you, it's for the right reasons. Right. I, I feel that deeply. As someone who has felt your friendship personally, I think that you are one of the most genuine human beings yes. I think either of us have ever met. Yes. I bet there's not a single person that's ever met you that has walked away feeling not feeling not that feeling way about that genuine you. sense no, about I'm you. Sure. No, I like, don't I no. don't even think it's possible just based on like who you Hopefully are. Hopefully they won't think I'm disingenuine because I don't think I am. Do but you I, have a bone in your body that's I definitely like I I really hold myself to a standard and an accountability that is I mean, I'm pissed because I've I've spent so much of my life ripping myself apart. Like if I have a moment at work where I overreact or I'm exhausted or I'm short-tempered or I'm like trying to make a point and I say it over and over and over again, like I cannot tell you the level of like excruciating, like humbling wanting to improve myself. Do you go on an apology tour? 
Like oh that's my God. Joanna and I will be like, I'm, I'll throw myself in front of traffic. Did I just yes. say that? Like yes. it is exactly. You can't live with yeah. yourself. It's, no. and a, it's I, my awful. life is an apology. percent. Like constantly. All I ever say is I'm a work in progress. Yeah. I felt like that was a personal fail. Even if somebody's saying something nice, I will turn that into a, well, you know, what they didn't see was me <laughs> earlier doing X, Y, and Z. And I really need to work on that shit. So they just unfortunately don't know what they're talking about. I've got to go and, like, work on improving that. So I've known from working in a town like Hollywood that, like, living in Ego Town is an unhealthy neighborhood, mm -hmm. and I should stay the hell away from it. And then I know as a human being, I just, I've never felt like, you know, you've really gotten to an amazing place. You you really got this. I'm always like, God damn it. Right. Like, how did you slip up in that moment? But you're human. I know. And, and everybody else gets the grace and I don't. Like, because no, I, I would never hold anyone that's to the, the standards that's I hold myself to. I, I would be a monster if I did to other people what I do to myself, but I'm working on it. Right. We're all working Weekly on therapy. it. Weekly therapy. I know. Yeah. We all need to go to confidence school yeah. and realize we're doing our best. When we think about, Joanna and I sometimes get so stressed and we're like, okay, we just have to make it through oh this God. year. Totally. We have to make it through this week. Well, you also, like, invite stress in. Yes, we do. <laughs> we are excellent at inviting it in. Yeah. And I fill up my plate way too full a lot of the time. I will always overload my plate. Yeah. It's it's a problem and it's like something I need to work on personally. I'm in a different profession, but I feel like I relate to the overloading, overachieving, all in, care about everything as if everything matters equally taking on big tasks, building up the mountain, and then you've got to either climb the mountain or erase it or totally evolve it into something completely different. And that's part of the fun and the challenge, but it doesn't mean it's not overwhelming, taxing, and daunting. And I'm only saying this because I could see it for you guys, but it's all, I'm as I'm saying, and I'm like, yep, and that can be my current state a lot too. So when you say stress, I'm like, Oh, God, yes, I so relate. And I've pretty much only done it to myself, so I can't really be mad at anyone else. <laughs> it's like I have done it to myself. So what do you do? What is that, like, one moment of peace you give yourself? Funny enough, as I'm getting older, it is becoming a lot about the look of things, the cleanliness to my eyes, the lack of stuff around that makes me feel hopeless. Like if there's a ton of junk and cords and clutter and crap everywhere, I get depressed mm -hmm. because I just feel like there's just too much to tackle and therefore I won't. So then I'll live in it and I'll get complacent in a mm -hmm. not happy state. So I've become much tidier, much more organized, much more um, about less, mm -hmm. um, much more about attacking systems, wanting to be the kind of parent who isn't running around like cursing, which I am right, completely. Right. I'm like, we, is, there a, <laughs> is there a way to do that a little less? And I'm like, you know, knowing where my kids' stuff is, like having mornings where I can wake them up, get them breakfast, get them out the door to – the bus and school, and they're older now, so things do change and evolve. Like when they're babies and toddlers, 
I didn't know I should have given myself more grace. Right. You know, because I just felt like I was on fire yeah. all the time. But when I'm now looking at toddlers, I'm like, well, yeah, because yeah, it's obviously. Okay. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, I couldn't achieve it. And then I think my personal life just, you know, I just did not accept divorce lightly. I I really mourned the death of this dream for many, many years. And I was someone who's like, you look at them and you're like, God, how did that person become so broken? And I was like, I was that person that was so broken. This Would you ever get married again, do you think? No, never, never. Really? Never? Never. But I've also, I have two reasons. One, it would be my fourth marriage. So unless I'm cool like Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> you could be that cool. It's you not a good cool. luck. Yeah. Because okay. I married someone early on like for a sort of like favor, logistical thing. And then I got married to Tom Green and I'm, you know, he's such a lovely person. And I was, you know, really wanting to you know, I just I, I just tried. We just were young. We were just kids, sure, sure. you know, and we just tried to do something and it didn't work out. But then that becomes, you know, a divorce and then another marriage. And when I married, you know, my kid's father, it was like that was it. It was like I never thought I would be with anyone else. And I just thought this is I'm going to have that nuclear family and we're going to be, you know, a four top at, at, at dinner for life. And when that just couldn't happen that way, I just, I felt like it took me a very long time to come to terms with that. Because mm-hmm. um, it was an image in your head. Yeah. And, you know, you blame yourself. Yes. Sure. Um, you know, in in my world, it was almost nobody else's fault. I took all the blame again. And there was no scandal. Nothing was wrong. It just wasn't working. Work. Yeah. And sometimes that's even harder yes. because you can't pinpoint something. Right, and it's easier to have something to just point to. You're like, this terrible thing yeah, happened, right, and right. that was the reason. Right. And it was just like, no, this is just one of those unfortunate circumstances. And we work so well as co-parents, and there's so much love, and I'm so close with his family. After this, I'm going to dinner with Grammy and Poppy to watch our weekly Jeopardy tournament. Oh, my God, that's amazing. How cute With is that? the girls, you know, and I, 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 it's like nothing changed. My kids have now a wonderful stepmother, Allie, who I couldn't love more. Will's sister, Jill, my kid's aunt, is one of our closest people in our, you know, I live within blocks radius of the entire family. Like, our community and love, nothing changed. But for some reason, I just, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't come to terms with it for a few years. And that took me down. And I also was like, you know, I didn't want to play characters. I wanted to be my kid's mom. I knew that I wanted to figure out not how to just be a storyteller, but to live a real life. Yeah. And it was like game time. You have kids and it's like, you have got to become a grown-up. And I have never felt like a grown-up even though I went to work at 11 months old. I still was like a kid who burned the candle at all ends. And the kids thing, I think I took it way too seriously. Like, I wasn't lighthearted. I'm fun with my kids. I'm comedic Mm -hmm. and goofy and silly and playful. But, like, it was, like, everything was heart attack serious, you know? I Especially your first. I mean, everything. Everything. Oh, my God. Those parents who are, like, calm. I'm like, how? I want to be like you. Like, anybody, like, falls and, like, barely touches their head. And I'm like, it's a concussion for sure. Take them to the hospital. A hundred percent. It's getting so much more fun 
as they get older and I calm down more. And, like, you just start to realize, like, maybe I do have this a little more than I thought I did. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm learning on the job. Maybe that seemed unforgivable to have kids when you feel like you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But does any parent know? No, no. But a lot of them seem they to seem act like they like do. They but do. we know that. Or they don't. we know. There's no way. <laughs> no. And they're just I, I don't know. And there's so the much literature. Oh. And now it's like, oh, oh. it's the, God, oh, it's such a it's, hard time it's to impossible. have kids. You know what? You just do you're good enough. That's my feeling. It's like I'm a good enough mom. I am not a great mom. I'm pretty good. I wish I knew what it was like in like the 60s and 70s or like the 70s when I, 70s when I was born, like no one was judging themselves. Probably should have been more. It was free range as it gets. Oh, you were like the seats were down in the car. You were like crawling around with candy bars. It was fun. We are given so much analytics and fear and literature and judgment it's crazy it's it's a very difficult hard time to be a parent and then you add on trying to be a parent navigating social media oh, i was about to say imagine social media in the 70s what i mean what would life have been like i no, we're in a different time i don't even know yeah, the world time. keeps changing and evolving and but this is the current climate this is the world we live in yes, it is. and i just I think I got through some really tough years. I probably made them harder on myself than they needed to be. But it was like a good rebirth through fire. And I've come out the other side able to have a lot more fun and enjoy myself a lot more. And that detour must have been necessary Mm -hmm. because things are really good now and they're in place and like life has fallen. Like I remember when Will and I separated, we would do this thing called nesting where he would go from the house and I would go from the house and the kids would stay there. We just tried that for a couple months to make it as stable for the kids as possible. And I I stayed in this woman's apartment and she didn't really have any furniture in it, no TV. And it was like a very there was something very um, monk-like, you uh-huh. know. It just, it, I and it, I, I, what I could have, what I probably could have used some television. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. distraction. Why alone my, in a dark room? I know. I'm like, <laughs> this is so bad. Why am I doing this to myself? Oh. But you know, years later, we have this tradition where me and Will and Allie and the girls all go buy our Christmas trees together. So one cute. for Dad's house, one for Mom's house. And I looked up, and behind the Christmas tree um, place was the apartment I would go and stay in and was the most heartbroken I've ever known in my life. And here we are. And I was like, you guys, can we take a picture really quick? Oh, my God, I have chills. And I have a picture of all of us in front of this apartment building. And it's like sometimes you just don't know where this goes, and you just have to brace and get through it. Mm -hmm. And no matter what that time was like, I believe it can really fall into place and be a mega payoff. And I hold that picture so dear because it's like everything is okay. Mm -hmm. You got to the other side. We got to the other side. And there will be times where you just think there's no way it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And you can't even convince yourself of it. And then, you know. And then one day it is. One day. I've got the picture. It's in a frame, and it's, like, the happiest I've ever been because I'm like, oh, my God. I would have never known then that life would be this okay. We're going to be back with Drew Barrymore right after this break. 
Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Before we get back into the interview, remember, we'll now be releasing two episodes a week, one on Tuesday and one on Thursday. You know, I am a much more whole person, like very much so. And maybe I was broken so the pieces could get kintsugi'd together, which, God, I love that art, the Japanese art of kintsugi, where they put the porcelain bowl, kind of F. Scott Fitzgerald, Mm -hmm. crack up. (laughs) Adjacent, I th- I'm sensing a theme here that I wasn't expecting is that you can put that gold liquid into the broken pieces and rebuild the bowl. And then those veins of the gold are where it was once apart and is now brought together. And it's like scars, you know, mm-hmm. they're, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I have a lot of scars from this year and I know what it's like to get to the other side and you just don't think it's possible. And then one day it is and it's just... You're like, God, I'm so much stronger than I thought. You know, I think we all have no idea how strong we actually are. And in some moments, you doubt yourself, you know, and you think that this is like, I am never going to feel like my old self. I'm never going to feel the way I felt again. And gosh, it's amazing to cross that road and... You know, like I just, I feel like we we all deserve some self love and appreciation for sometimes getting through things. And that's why I love that you shared your journey so much. You know, I went to like the institution my mom put me in when I was a kid, and like sat on a bronco outside of it, you know, and filmed myself on an iPhone to launch season two of this show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want this show to be an invitation to remember things we've been through that we shouldn't put away. Like, Mm -hmm. we should be proud of if we're happy where we got to. Where have we been? And, like, I welcome anyone. I want to welcome myself. I want to remember the imperfections or the difficult times or the... All of it is so interesting, you know? And so whenever we veneer things or, you know edit down or only show the good stuff, which is, you know, a lot of people's argument with a social media entity. Oh, we're only seeing like the happy moments Mm -hmm. or the glamorous or the that. That's fine. It is what it is. There's also not that. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a polarity. There's two sides Mm -hmm. to that coin. You know, maybe there's an airbrush picture and then there's you, you know, and your journey. It's like, it's all available. Everyone has stories to tell. Are we telling them? Mm-hmm. And I think the storytelling maybe I realized I needed to start doing was like just one that wasn't being written yet or that was being written as it was being written. It wasn't for a movie. It was real life. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to deal in the real. Mm-hmm. And that was a big life shift for me. I'm glad I found something for however long it lasts. I really don't want it to go anywhere. I'm way too attached to it. <laughs> but for as long as it does, like, here we are having right, this amazing no. conversation. Like, it's amazing. Our jobs and our life have, 
lead us to these wonderful moments. And I'm so happy. Like, life is good. Yeah. And I'm glad when people don't shy away from the struggle. And that's why I loved how you showed yours so much. It's it, There's something about it that if we do that, I think it's very invitational. Mm -hmm. I was trying to invite people to take off pieces of armor, and what you did was so incredibly invitational and, and will help people take off pieces of armor. And I think improving quality of life while we're here on this planet has so much to do with what you guys do in, you know, the occupational aspects of your life. Like, there is a movement that's making everyone a lot more aware of, like, the mental effect of spatial living and systems is important mm -hmm. and can lead to more peace mm -hmm. and less self-loathing and bad talk, you know, and and feeling of, of failure. Like, okay, fine. If you have a problem, then let's fix it, you know? It's not – the problem isn't that you have the problem. The problem will be if you stay stuck in it. That's right. Sure. Mush, huskies, mush. Let's keep right. going forward. <laughs> it's going to be messy, but let's just keep going forward. So one thing Joanne and I were talking about yesterday, much like our boss, Reese Witherspoon, you are such a mogul. You, you're not just someone who's been an actor. Like you said, at 19. First of all, I love her. I've known her since we were like, oh, God, like 14 and Yeah, you guys 15. grew up together. Wow. Yeah, we knew each other from back in the day. I love Reese. Well, let me – you know, I am curious. Okay, so Reese is – our friend, but sometimes I'm like, if I text her, I'm like, am I like bothering you? Like, is she like busy? Is she like on set? Like, do you, are you, do you just like text Reese like without that? Like, are you guys old enough friends where you can be like, whatever, if like you're. It's funny, you know, I think when people do have big, busy lives, you, you know, it's like, it kind of comes with the territory, not because of, you know, who she is or what she does. I think we're all a little bit nervous that we're interrupting right, people. Right, like, are you, like, interrupting? Because like, also big... we've, you know, you used to have to send a letter or call somebody. Sure, right. Now you can just invade them right in right. the palm of their hand. Sure, so right. a little sensitivity and awareness of that I think is a good thing. But I, I'm, I'd am i love to know what she would think of me saying this, but I, I think she's one of those people that also seems, like, really excited to get the call of the need of any girlfriend. I think that that's right. I she's, think that's right, She's too. someone who brings so much energy and just she's a lot like you and like yeah. her her love and her conviction and and pillar and, of strength both yeah. of you guys really are but you know, thank you you know what's interesting to me though is when i was thinking about this empire that you've built honestly i mean so doesn't feel like that your show great. and your podcast okay, and your magazine <laughs> and your products and your i mean flower films i mean it's think about it i mean it's incredible and it feels like it's all rooted, I know Reese would say this, in storytelling. Yeah. And it seems like you are just a master storyteller from the most purest possible, not in like spinning a story and like spinning a web of stories, but like really, like it's like cathartic for you. How do you even decide how you pivot and where you go next? It just seems like you've taken on more than you've ever, ha you, have, you know, oh have God. to take on I'm, all this. I, I'm, I can't even believe the amount I've taken on and I, I just didn't ever think that it would that things would stick like this. Mm -hmm. So I just sort of said, let's try a bunch of different things and then all of a sudden they're all sticking for, right, yeah. for a minute, you know? Yeah. And Reese would know this too. Also like 
actors are such gig workers. Like you, you definitely go through big dry spells or times where all of a sudden there is no work and you've got to self-generate. So I don't know if she feels this way, but I always feel like it could disappear in a moment. It's like feast or famine kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I also, like, went through such hard stuff, you know, when I was a kid. So I really did, like, lose everything and then have to, like, get it back. So when that happens, you're kind of conditioned to thinking that that could happen again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that just nobody really has that kind of plateau line continue to ascend throughout their life. It's like life doesn't work like that. It's a roller coaster. It's up and down, up and down. So I don't think it ever – I mean, I don't think it – feels like that for anyone. And if it does for someone, I'd be fascinated to hear their perspective. I'm not sure I would relate to them at all. So I think I'm probably since childhood and I kind of, you know, my mom did lock me up in an institution. I did get like blacklisted and I did lose a career and I did, you know, not have anything and then got emancipated and moved out on my own when I was 14 into like a crappy, scary apartment that I just went back to. And I was like, no wonder I was scared here. This place is terrifying. Like, holy hell, my God. And so I think I will always believe like, they're coming, they're coming. I'll yeah. always think like, oh my God, it could probably go away at any moment. I'm not sure if that's healthy and will keep me on my toes and humbled or just classic paranoia that's going to keep me down. <laughs> I don't know, but that is kind of how I function. Like, I think that's how, that, to but, me that sounds normal. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. To me that sounds normal. And I think that's what dr- continues the, the drive. Yeah. I think we all, I mean, imagine if you felt. Floating by. Imagine also, if you felt I don't want to live just, that existence. I remember when Simone Biles said, like, mm-hmm. I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. I'm going to stop. That flipped me out. Yeah. I Such a healthy boundary. I was like, oh my God. I, yeah. I've never stopped yep. running. Yeah. I, I don't think so many people know yeah. that no is an option right. or a healthy pause. And then there was this thing that I can't remember who put it out, but it's like a cartoon illustration so elegantly drawn of like the gold, the silver, and the bronze medalists on their podiums. And then it's Simone Biles mm, leaping that. over in the splits high in the air above the tallest platform that says mental wellness. Right. You know, yeah. like that she's the most victorious for being self-aware in that moment. Like I I yeah. wish that for more people to know that they can take a pause. And I think my antidote to that is alone time with nothing mm-hmm. and then wait until, you know, I'm bored and recovered and that and happens then it's go, go, go again. so fast. Yeah. Right. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this and yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. that. Like I can't stop myself. So I guess until that energy wanes, I'm just going to keep running and keep trying, and I feel really lucky. I think I'm probably the happiest right now because, like, my personal life is functioning. My kids are happy right now. Things are positive at home. I don't have a messy personal life. It's pretty boring and calm, (laughs) and I never knew when I was partying and working and in like love with so much drama and a (laughs) love junkie. Like I never knew that like I would love such a quiet life. And I'm I'm having it and it's just so good. Well we love you and thank you you so so much. Thank you not just for coming on our podcast, but for being our true, genuine friend. I am your true, genuine friend. I met you guys and I just I felt an immediate magnet. 
And I was like, I, I knew going in that I loved what you did, but I felt a connection to you both as We felt a friendship. Yeah, we're like, I'm glad I was mutual. Yeah, and your <laughs> friendship, I was like, oh, I, I understand this. I see this. I, I felt lucky enough in my life to have found somebody too. And, you know, it, I think it's a, such a good reminder too. You just don't do anything in this world alone. Yeah. And I love being alone. I'm good <laughs> at being so alone. So and yet I couldn't do any of the things yeah. I want to do yeah. in life alone. I see. No, it's it's a real it's a real gift and so are you. So, so are you. Love I'm you. so happy to know you and I just look forward to many things, you know, with work and friendship and life Definitely. like I hope it's okay to say this I want more. Yeah, <laughs> we no, want more want too. More. It's, our, it's our official thruple. We are almost at the end of the show, but before we get out of here, we are going to play a fun game of That's a No for Me. I love this game. And again, I already kind of did mine. I jumped the gun here. So Joanna, take it away. Okay. This is going to come as a surprise. Actually, I don't know if it will. You know what is a no for me? After I got back and I was telling you about my pants being quite tight, I noticed there were rice cakes in the house. Okay. Have you had a rice cake in the la- since the 80s? Yes, I have. They're the. That's a no for me. Is it because... They're like seem like they're good for you, but they're not. Yes, they're, it's so. Wait, do you do you attribute your jeans being tight to eating a rice no, cake? No, I don't. I just was like, wow, I'm gonna be on this healthy journey. The rice cake is not a healthy journey, but everyone thinks it is. Didn't you think it was diet food growing up? Yes. Okay, my kids love rice cakes with Nutella. Again, that's not a diet food. Nutella's on it, so that's fair. Well, they're also eight and eleven. So. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> but I'm I'm here for that. I'm here for the rice cake with Nutella. What I don't love is like, why would I choose that as a health food? Well, whoever bought it maybe didn't choose it as a health no, food. No, they did. They, I know who, who, cho- who chose I, it. I know the one person in my house, no names, Jeremy was mentioned, and no one buys rice cakes as just like a, a fun food to have in the house. It's only viewed as health food. No, we literally have it as but it, with Nutella. Also, the mini ones, the apple cinnamon. Blah. No, well, that, that's, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm so mad about it. It's it's so many calories. There's no protein. There's almost no dietary fiber. There's nothing good about it. And it doesn't even taste good. I honestly, I kind of like a rice cake. Oh my I'm just, God. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think we can be friends. Well, I'm pretty concerned about are this. Are we breaking up? I don't know, Clea. But you really like a rice cake? It's not like I choose it. But, but like, why Why would anybody choose it over something else? Well, it's like wh- the way I eat saltines. Saltines at least are kind of good. Oh, I think they're delicious. Yeah. My, my jeans were too tight because <laughs> of eating too many saltines. Okay, that's fair. Saltines are good. I don't know. People, I feel like my mom no, really loves I, a rice no cake. No one likes it. You just tell yourself that you think you're doing a, yourself a favor. I don't know. No. I think they're really divisive. I would like to take a- You think a rice cake is divisive? Because I don't think it's healthy. You lose on all fronts. It's not healthy and it doesn't taste good. You better be one or the other. Wow, wow. The emotion coming out of Joanna. Okay, I would like, uh, let's poll the audience. Yeah. Shall we? Who eats a rice cake and tell me your reasons why? (laughs) It's a little (laughs) aggressive. You can go to bestfriendenergypod.com and tell us or DM us. Let us know. Let us know. uh, Joanna seems to think rice cakes are like dividing the country. So (laughs) let's, let's just see. I don't know. I've never thought of a rice cake that way. I didn't either until I put my mouth on one. And then I was like, why is this 80 calories? You So you ate it. 
No, I ate a bite. And then I was like, no more. No more. Okay. All right. So let, let's see what, what people think. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, for me, my no was snorkeling because yeah. it was horrible. I know. Again, but we're on two but rice cakes, yeah. very different level. Yeah. Okay. All right. Catch up with us on Thursday's episode. We will be revisiting <laughs> Royal Talk with our royal correspondent, Lauren. She's going to join us to continue the Harry and Meghan conversation, talk about Harry's book with more revelations. And she has no idea, but we're going to be putting her expertise to the test. Thank you so much for joining us on Best Friend Energy. We're back every Tuesday with new episodes. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on socials at Best Friend Energy. Best Friend Energy is a Hello Sunshine and Sony Music Entertainment production. Our producers are Ben Odo and Danielle Jones-Wesley. Our associate producer is Cami York. Engineering and mixing by Nashville Audio Productions. Our executive producer is Sarita Wesley. Our executive producers at Hello Sunshine and The Home Edit are Lauren Lagarde, Allie Bridgers, and, and us. See you next time. Being a mother has its challenges. You have to constantly grow and adapt as your baby does. And while our kids aren't diaper age anymore, we remember a few tricky years with diaper obstacles like blowouts. Oh, yes, I remember. Not to mention getting diapers on active babies. And you and I both know, once your baby starts moving, the adventure really begins. That's why you need Pampers Cruisers 360. A lot of people think Pampers Cruisers 360 are just for potty training. But from my experience, it's actually the best diaper to use as soon as your baby's on the go. It doesn't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, it has a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband, which is a great hack to keep your baby from taking their diaper off which, if you've ever experienced, can lead to chaos. And as you know from the home edit days, if we care about anything, it's organizing messes and controlling the chaos. And it really stretches with your baby for a comfortable fit so your baby can move freely. It also makes it so easy to change a wiggly baby who's on the move. Pampers Cruisers 360 with the new blowout barrier are available in sizes three to seven and come in adorable new prints. The best part is that they are hypoallergenic and free of elemental chlorine bleaching, parabens, and latex. As mothers, we know how important it is to count on a great diaper. So for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Redeem Pampers cash, no cash value.